Hi, this is Adam Fongold, and you're listening to Sound Directions. This is uh, episode one of the podcast. Very excited to share this project with you. It's something I've been wanting to do for a long time. And it's basically just my way of having conversations with artists that I admire and love. Some of them I know personally, others I'll be talking to for the first time. Um, And I do think that despite the 10 zillion podcasts out there, there is a space for meaningful conversations about electronic music, contemporary music in general, dance music. So here goes. Um, You're about to listen to a conversation I had with Yusu. She's a DJ and musician um, living in Vancouver. She's born and raised in China. And she's been touring for many years, a beloved DJ and artist. And her latest LP is called Yellow River Blue. And she released it on her own label, partially, uh, called BA Records which is a label based in China and co-released by the excellent Music from Memory imprint. Um, And this is a pretty interesting departure for Yusu, I find. Um, It's a bit poppier and a bit more polished and refined than her previous output. Um while still maintaining her signature sound. So we get into that. We get into her trajectory as a musician and an artist. And we talk about a whole other bunch of things, like Taoism, um, and a lot about the current music scene in China, which is really interesting to learn about. Um, So I'm happy with the conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you for tuning in. And all love. <laughs> so yeah, so tell me about um, about your label. The first I heard of it was like a few, maybe last week when you announced your when when you announced your single and your new album and stuff. So tell me a bit about that, because uh, I I personally don't know anything about the music scene in China, like no at all. Uh, nobody nobody knows because there's not there's no info. You know, there's no information really yeah. of what goes on there. Right. And I think only only pretty recently this year, since the rest of the world stopped partying and <laughs> when China recovered and all started partying again. Yeah. And that was when I started seeing RA had some features of clubs. Yeah of the club scene there and I listened even I, I even listened to um, they did an interview this friend of mine who have a who run a club in Beijing they did an interview with BBC BBC World Service yeah there they were on that podcast okay as well that's cool so it's like I was well because Nothing. There's nothing else really going on in real life for the rest of the world. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of music. Yeah. So that's like the only country really that 
was just everything happening so fast. I thought that was so funny how all of a sudden all the all the attention was paid. Right. It just took a pandemic. Um, it, all it took was a pandemic for that to happen. Basically. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so long story short, the story of the label was basically when I went home last year, this time, mm-hmm. around this time. Yeah. I toured to a lot of cities, many places, mostly places I've never even thought about that there would be people going yeah. clubbing. And it was just like a really interesting tour because I went to all these places outside of the major cities. Yeah. And... I met some people there, um, and I met these people in Beijing who's been running uh, a media company. What they were doing, Vice China, before they had to change the name and started a new company. Yeah. So they were doing Vice... It was it was the people who were doing Vice China. Right. And Vice China, for the longest time, was, like, the only sort of, you know, alternative underground... Right. ...media platform. Right. Even, like, even now, there isn't... There's no... There's nothing like Pitchfork or whatever, like a media company magazine or something there's nothing really like that yeah and and like there's, do people have access to pitchfork like can you look yeah yeah people you know like people most people use vpn okay now yeah my dad has vpn sweet so he's on pitchfork so he can so he can check my insta story yeah <laughs> he's, always, he's always just sitting there and he's just check and reacts to my that's awesome insta stories that's awesome yeah. Um, anyway, so I was, we were just talking. I felt like, well, there's no. There's there are labels. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. There, there are already many labels there, and you know, there's the um, kind of rough trade style label mm-hmm. where it's just like a big indie label that signs a lot of bands. Yeah. But labels like that still function in a very traditional sense. They sign. Yeah. They sign an artist and you kind of, you're like bounded to them legally. It's not so much freedom whatsoever. But then there, there are some very purely, you know, independent label. There's a label from Shanghai that released a lot of interesting grime stuff. Really? Like, I forgot the name of the label. S- SVB. SVB something. Let me see. I'll, well, well, I'll have to. Yeah, exactly. Watch. We'll, yeah, we'll like make a list of, of things yeah. to check out for everyone to know. Yeah, we'll have to make a list. Yeah. And then there, and there's, there's labels like where Nofa put out his big hit in 2019 that label was called 
eating music and is run by record collectors people so people who are more into the rare groove yeah stuff. yeah so there there are all kinds of labels but then i was like well there isn't really a label yet where it doesn't have a genre focus yeah because most labels have a pretty there, there there is a sound that they're going for i think uh and there isn't so many you know i was just like oh i should just work with these friends in china and just start a new label because mm -hmm. why not <laughs> so and yeah. yeah was your idea to to have a place where genre wasn't so specified and laid down is that the kind of yeah yeah okay cool because you're obviously into I, a lot of different things exactly yeah because because there isn't a label in china where it's a label where it just because because for the west it's very normal and there are a lot of labels where it's a label started by a dj yeah and the label is just about the kind of music that this person it's about this person's taste yeah yeah. But it doesn't. It has nothing to do with with genre, right? Because I really, I like, I hate, I hate genres. Right. And I really do not like categorizing music into styles. Mm -hmm. That's something I'm extremely against. Yeah. So, but because in China, electronic music, it's 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 still so new, and most of the time when people talk about it. They talk about oh I'm into this genre this genre this genre right they I I remember the first time I the first time I had some conversations with some people and they were like oh I'm into me what was it melodic is it called melodic techno or something yeah melodic it's like a is, is that a well it sounds like a yeah. an iTunes like categorization or something yeah like melodic techno yeah or minimal yeah something and i was like i've never heard i was like what is melodic techno <laughs> i don't know what that is like can you define so you know what i mean because yeah for a lot of the listeners there because of how they receive music from the west when the when the music went there it already had everything had a package right right so yeah. for them it's like oh this is this and that is that yeah yeah and i was like i need to try to tell them to not uh to kind of move away from that idea because i think it's very restricting and a lot of djs i met as well they also you know they're very obsessed with the particular genres right. yeah. they're into. Yeah. They call themselves, oh, I'm a, for example, I'm a melodic techno. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, right. So, yeah. and I want to also use this as an opportunity to tell them that, you know, genres, genres don't matter. As, like, the music, if, there's good music and bad music. There's 
interesting music and not so interesting music. Totally. Well, I take that back. I shouldn't say there's good music and bad music. I don't believe in good and bad because it's all super subjective. Yeah. Yeah. There's, but let me. There's no good or bad. It's just you know. Let me ask you this: Do you think that the the genre obsession has to do with being removed from from the West, so then wanting to wanting to be able Learn to reflect it. it? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Right. So definitely, I think for any from anybody when you first get into something. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. Exactly. Because that's the easiest way. It's true, and it, it makes sense in a way. Like, first step is emulation, and then and then you kind of go from there. You know, self actualization. But emulation is a good way to, yeah. to to you know you pick something that you love. You try to figure. You try to work back and figure out how they did it, and then you kind of build mm-hmm. off of that. But like, for sure. So so, does the isolation though reflect in the scenes? And like in in the different like, in the underground scenes or whatever, like, is there something super specific to the to China and like does the isolation basically has it created like its own has it made it so that there's like this super specific, unique special thing happening out there, in some of these scenes. I think so. I think so. Like that label I was just talking about. They. Have they've put up some music that that's very groundbreaking? Yeah, I think. Yeah, is this sound wise? Is the gr- this the grime one or the other one? The grime, kind of like grime. Yeah. And uh, what's what's that other? See, I can't. Yeah, exactly. I'm asking you to talking like. Talking about <laughs> genre, I can't even. Deep grime or melodic grime? Which I one? don't have. I don't have the knowledge. <laughs> it's all good. What's that other one? Uh, deconstructed club music. Yeah, right. So they they've also put out a lot of those things, like music that has a very very strong visual uh, image to it. Right. Too. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's so interesting yeah. because people do such a good job. They all have such a unique, very, very unique and very individual. Like, it's like a whole thing. It's not just the music. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. It's the design, yeah. the fashion. Yeah. The look. Amazing. And so... Yeah. Are you going to try to to capture that in your label? Like, is, is it... The, I'm obviously, like, you're an aesthetic person. Um but I don't know. Is it? I don't think so no? because I'm really not that particular when it comes to like because I like everything. Yeah. Yeah. So the label, we haven't we haven't made a huge plan yet yeah. of what to release next. Next, there's some names on the list. Cool. Um, and they are all different. Amazing. So that's so I'm just yeah. So it's just basically a label where, because I also want to make, make, uh, or take advantage of the connections that I already have personally. Yeah. You know, as a Chinese person, but but because I've only w- really worked 
in the West, this so-called West. So hopefully that would make the music that's created there heart being heard more. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for that. People. Like, like right now, if if I wanted to kind of try to keep track of what's going on there, like, what would be the best way of? It's just like following people on Instagram. Is there like, is there is there a big Bandcamp slash SoundCloud etc. scene out there? I'm assuming so. Yes. Or is there a different thing that people do there to share music and stuff? It's pretty similar. Yeah. Well, because of the internet. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's so. That's what I figured. Open and now, there is actually, um, there is a collective called Eastern Margins. Yeah. They have an NTS show, and it's a collective. I think, like, just so far from what I know, from what I've seen, they are the kind of, uh, like, a collective that kind of cover a lot of things that happen in Asia. A lot of music, pop, trap, like, hip-hop, everything. Like, they know about everything, and they they play new music on their NTS shows, and... I think they have they have some Spotify playlists thing too that they keep updating new new things. I just saw one this morning because they they added one of my track into their new updated list and then I w- w- kind of went through the list their music from Mongolia. Oh wow. There's some like like electro electronic pop kind of trap-ish pop thing from mongolia yeah and then there's just things from everywhere so i feel like they would be a good collective or you know an instagram account to follow to to hear yeah i'm looking at them right now i'm looking at the instagram account right now looks yeah looks good mongolia yeah that's crazy so i know i i saw that i listened to i was like whoa this is like this this I think someone in their early 20s yeah. doing some kind of crazy sounding yeah. pop with throat singing and all these Mongolian string instruments. Yeah. He had videos too. I was watching his music videos of him playing. There's this one instrument called Matoutin, which is, I don't know how to translate it, horse head, horse head, mm-hmm. like horse head guitar. Kind of like a sitar, maybe. Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's rad. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have known this person. Right. Using it yeah. Check Eastern Margins Spotify playlist. Wow. Which tune of it's yours perfect. is on the list? The new one. The new okay. single. Okay. Awesome. That's a great song. I love that tune. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. I'm not. Thanks. I hope to hear more of your voice in the coming years. I just, I just want other people to sing. 
Yeah, I no. I know. That's always the thing. Like you want to try to find someone, but it's not easy to to find someone with a good with the right voice and collaborate well. It's better. Yeah, I be- I really don't know how people have done it because I just I don't know how to because it's like you want someone to sing on your track, but you also don't want to be like, hey, I'm gonna hire you to. Yeah. Exactly. Sing on my track. Yeah. It's less ideal than like, you know, a, a legitimate collaboration where you kind of mm-hmm. trust Totally. Them. And I also don't write lyrics. I don't know how to write lyrics. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, well, that, we'll have to see. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a different level of producer, you know, like that's producer mm-hmm. in a different sense, which could be cool. I mean, I could see you doing that because I think you have a really good um, sensibility for melody. And, um, and I, I don't, I, I mean, speaking of like pop or whatever crossover, I feel like this, this new record of yours is, um, a really nice balance of like very accessible and super inviting and warm and melodic, but still maintains your core, just kind of your core thing, which is not necessarily super immediate all the time. Like I know that you've done a lot of music that's a bit more abstract, I would say. Um, but it's all, there's always like, there's always an inviting element to the music. You know, it's, it's never, it's never like, um, off puttingly abstract. It's not like alienating in any way. It's usually very inviting and, and kind of beautiful, but kind of open to interpretation, let's say, you know, but your, Mm -hmm. your, your latest record, um, there's some like kind of bi- like big jams in there. Like I, I like there's one, there's one that's like the big dance floor one that I forget what it's called. Um, let me pull it up here. big melody it's very ymo style just like a huge stringy yeah super fun super awesome yeah that's really nice that you say that because the this record is me trying to yeah do all the things you just said yeah and i kind of picturing because when i was making it every track i was approaching it as if i was writing a song right without lyrics because i can't (laughs) if i were if i knew how to write lyrics i would have probably made them all into songs songs. Mm -hmm. yeah and some of them sound like like exactly you like were instrumental yeah yeah it's like an instrumental it's a karaoke yeah yeah I don't know, you know what I mean? Yeah. But also, obviously you've been involved in a scene where vocals aren't necessarily like don't really show up yeah. all that much. Totally. In this like electronic world that we've both been involved in for a long time. Um Yeah. 
but I feel like you I t- correct me if I'm wrong but I get the sense based off of what you're what you've been into and what you've played that you've always been into like song like like I'm sure you, you like For bands sure. like there's a lot I know I know you've picked up the bass recently over mm-hmm. over For the, the past few months time, start learning yeah yeah like, I think I'm because I've never I I see as this very interesting contrast between me and a lot of people around me. Mm-hmm. I feel like most people I know, my friends, uh, who make electronic music now, come from a band background. Right. And of course, everyone has listened to band. Yeah. Growing up. Yep. Most of you guys, for sure. Yep. Um. But for me, it's basically the opposite because I've never really listened to... I didn't know much of the bands that everyone knows. Like, for example, when I first heard Talking Head, which was only a few years ago. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, that was only a few years ago. Right, right. That was when I was like, oh, I want to make music like this. Yeah. I wish I was in a band like this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I've always had that thought, but only very, very recently. Like all kinds of bands, Scott always shows me all these like classic, like um, Pink Floyd, for example. Totally. Which I, of course, never, I never really knew anything about Pink Floyd. But when Scott showed me that song echoes mm-hmm. especially that recording that live recording of them playing in that um, that old what's that place bombay bombay was a club club in the uk or something was it? or was it in bombay no they played no yeah in bombay in okay it's like old oh and the okay i don't you know, know the, oh my god you have to watch that yeah wow that's like the most mind-blowing yeah Live recording of a band I've ever seen in my uh, life. Yeah, they're crazy. They're really crazy. Actually, Francis, my my label partner, Francis, a.k.a. Priori, um, he secretly all this time has been a low-key Pink Floyd head, and his dad grew up like listening to like a lot of proggy stuff. and So he grew up listening to that stuff, and we listened to Animals the other day, and it blew my fucking mind. They were cra- <laughs> They are crazy musicians. It's so progressive. It's so cool. It's so cool. It's insane how how meticulous and well performed because they they played yeah. everything incredibly well and had cool ideas and were into the technological aspect of everything. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- yeah, yeah. You have to watch that one. Okay. It's yeah. I I think it's from maybe it's from from a film or something. It's they brought like. 30, 40 giant amps into that, mm-hmm. like the, the, the historical sites. Yeah. It looked insane. And like, I still, and there are parts of that, the recording, from that recording of some crazy guitar solo in Echoes. Yeah. Because <laughs> Scott and I put that song in our, in the last Your Me Mix 
for sample disco because that was when he showed me. I was like, this sound is insane. We have to put it in the mix. And we put it in the mix, but I told him to edit out the guitar song. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't like this part. <laughs> Just please, I don't want this part. But the so, rest of the song is perfect without the guitar song. Get, so I guess yeah. I'm still, you know, I'm still getting. Maybe to, maybe next year this time when right. you talk to me again, I'll be like. All guitar solos, an all guitar right, solo mix, it. like 50 minutes of your favorite guitar yeah, solos. I might, I might get into that next. Who knows? Yeah, guitar, so, that's a whole other thing, eh? Guitar solos, like, that's not really yeah. a thing anymore. Yeah, I think it could come so back, though. You know, so that's what I was trying to, yeah. to say about how, for me, it's kind of an opposite yeah. direction. Right. Okay, so, but, but so growing up, what were you listening to? Like, what this, was... What was Just your exposure pop to music? music in China. Okay. Yeah, radio Early stuff. Early 2000 pop, yeah. R&B. There were some really, really good R&B. Amazing. Songs from Taiwan, for example. Really? Taiwan? And Hong Kong, of course. Yeah. Pop music from the 80s, 90s, 70s in Hong Kong was so good. Wow. I think those were the most influential. Really? For you? music for me yeah yeah because that makes sense now now i'm like you know now i listen to my own music i'm like okay i think it makes sense that because i the reason that i was making maybe more abstract stuff before versus now that i'm making more pop stuff yeah it has something to do with me getting better at yeah using the tools yeah. too because i didn't know how to use anything of course so i couldn't make the stuff i'm making now. yeah 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 abstraction can so be a crutch all... for sure yeah it's yeah. just me from not knowing how to use anything yeah to, like now like okay i can make like i can actually be able to make something that i'm like okay i want to make something that's yeah that has this kind of feelings to it and have this kind of um complex drums stuff which i wouldn't know how to do yeah before. can you just hold on i have to let my cat out of my room hold on <laughs> yeah sorry she was like scratching at the door um that's cool that you're feeling like you're starting to be able to articulate you know more sophisticated ideas do you feel like you you're having more sophisticated ideas even or do you or is it just like more that you can better articulate things that you've always wanted to say but now you know how to do them or do you think it, they kind of influence one another it uh i think well to put it in this way it's it's like learning driving yeah maybe yeah maybe something like that yeah um because my taste has been changing this whole time because for me everything i hear is new no matter how old or cheesy or yeah popular yeah every time i discover something new that may that puts a huge influence on me yeah so of course the next thing i'm gonna be writing it's always gonna be different because I'm always gonna be hearing this these new bands mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
So the difference, I think the difference in, you know, me me thinking that I'm like better at the technical stuff now is it's songs like I can just write something in one sitting yeah and that that is how I write usually mm -hmm. I can't because I don't I can't be perfect yeah I just don't have the patience to be perfect and I don't really care yeah so most of the songs like like show the new single for example it was I just wrote it in one sitting. I think because I knew, like, I was at the point where, okay, I know how to, you know, use this plugin. I know how to program the drum beat. Yeah. It sounds right to me right away. So I don't have to be wasting time to kind of just sitting there being like, how do I make... Oh, like, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. How do I make, like, a liquid, liquid style, that kind of drum, like a crazy drum? Yeah. I don't have to be thinking about how to do that. Yeah. I can just make it when I want to make it. Right. I think that makes the huge difference. Awesome. Because it just can't, like, it, it, it's there right away. It's like having a producer sitting with you. Yeah. Basically. Like, yeah. that's how I think about it. I was like, if, I, if I've always had a producer or an engineer sitting with me in a room where I tell them what to do, what sound I want, mm -hmm. I would have made so many <laughs> records yeah. that I like. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because yeah. I don't have to be thinking about. Yeah how to make that sound on the computer or something. Yeah. It's true, yeah. That reminds me of, like, some of the, like, the first, one of the first tape, the first tape I did on 1080p, it's, like, when I go back to it, it's, like, a bunch of, like, you can hear the idea is kind of, is, mm. like, there's an interesting idea in there, and then technically it's just not quite there yet, you know? So it's just, like, it kind of is repetitive or, like, whatever. Like, it doesn't really go anywhere. It's like it doesn't sound that great and all that. So it's, like, yeah, that happened. You, you, when, once you, the technical, tech, having the technical freedom to, like, to act immediately based on your ideas is pretty amazing and liberating. Yeah, because your idea might go away. Yeah. While you're trying to figure out how to make yeah. a kick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you do, so so when you, you're saying you wrote sh, uh, show in one sitting? Was that with the like the halfway point where it switches into like the kind of more crowdy section? Did you have that all mapped out in your mind? So so the song was out there, and then uh, we came, we came back to the city, and I was showing that song to my friend Aiden who's a, who's an amazing musician and he's really good at all kinds of instruments. Yeah. He has he has played bass on my um um couple other tracks I've put up before. Yeah. He plays really amazing bass. I was like, "Can I just have that that kind of that like very band drum beat?" Yeah. Like the that. I was like, can we just record that in the studio right now? So, because so, I wanted that drum, but I knew that that had to come from a real drum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing drums I, is I so hard. Have you tried play. to play? Fuck, I p tried to play the last week. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Like It's so hard. Yeah, like to actually be on time and... Yeah, it's wild. I can't believe it. Yeah, believe. especially that song, because that song is like... The BPM is 170, although it's like the, you know. Yeah. It's, it doesn't sound that fast, but the drum is 
really fast. Yeah. Yeah. So having that real drum on top for the second part, I think it really made it what I wanted awesome. to be. Yeah. And then there's Without also... Without that, it would sound more, maybe more digital. I yeah. Think. Yeah. So that's cool. So you're getting outside of the box a bit these days. Yeah. Oh, and I had a, a friend, my friend Josh Frank from this band... Well, the band is based in in Beijing. They're called Gong Gong Gong, G O N G Gong Gong. They're so cool. Their band is like, a, it's like Beijing Hong Kong blues cowboy, but also very like Wang Karwai. Yeah, I don't know how to describe their 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 vibe, but he recorded some bass for me as well. They're really driven sounding. What's your schedule like these days? Are you, what are you working on? Uh, I have been mostly working on remix projects for other people. I've been working on many, many remix. <laughs> oh, cool. Do you yeah, find that fun? I, it's so fun. It's actually my favorite thing right now <laughs> because I think it's, it was, Maybe it was after I did a remix for DFA yeah. for this New York band that I started getting remix requests just from all kinds of people. Yeah. Like before it would be mostly just electronic yeah, yeah. producers, but now they're like pop, pop singers from Japan. And That's rad. That's sweet. Band. Yeah. And I get so happy when it's a band remix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you could work with those sta- those acoustic stems and stuff. Yeah, because yeah. that basically, it made me, ach- like, I'm like, wow, I can finally actually, it, it makes me feel like a producer. Yeah. An actual producer producing for someone. Because for me, I hear, you know, the original. I'll be like, I'll be like thinking, okay, this is, this is how I want this sound yeah. to sound like. Yeah. I want this guitar. Like, I want the guitar to sound like this. Right. I want it to have this vibe. Yeah. And there's all these perfectly recorded bass and guitar and drums and vocals. I'll think about vocal arrangement. Mm-hmm. It is honestly more fun than writing a song for myself. Yeah. It's... You don't you don't have to like so much of the like stressful shit is out the door and you're just like yeah yeah it's out there yeah it's all you there. can do anything you want yeah super fun as long as you make it sound good not shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah ideally you make it sound good not shit yeah ideally yeah, for sure <laughs> yeah yeah so that's my so just focus. remix duties yeah because I am very very inspired and influenced by how Andrew Weatherall worked. Mm-hmm. His approach to remix had made this huge impact on how I think about making music. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that? Because he, he, he would remix anything. Anything. Yeah. So much of the music that had his name on it. I'm like I've never heard the band, or right. I would listen to that band, and I'll be like, I don't like anything else that this band. Makes. Yeah, exactly. He he, 
I wonder how it worked for him. Like, if he was just approached all the time or if he was, like... I think so. I yeah. believe so. Yeah. Because the stuff he had worked on, it's, it's just all over the place. Right. There is no genre yeah. or whatever. And every time he makes something, it's different. It's always different. Yeah. And I love that because I've gotten the feedback many times so far where when I submit my remix the feedback is whoa this is not the genre we were expecting from you yeah and it's usually that I kind of have I would kind of guess what style yeah of remix they want but I would just do something completely different yeah I maybe I would get I would get like a more dancey track, like a very electronic track, and I would turn it into like a dub. Right, because what's the point of just turning yeah, it out? I don't want to make something that's similar I agree. to the original. Yeah. I just want to make something completely, completely different. I agree with you. I agree so with that you. Was, yeah, so that's something that I think I learned from Andrew Wetherall. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. Also, yeah. rest in peace, MF Doom. Yeah. Did you listen to him at all? Are you into rap? Have you? Do you listen to much? A rap? little. Yeah. I've never listened to that much, but I've heard some amazing. He's good. Records from him, like Scott has shown me stuff. And yeah. Friends have shown yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Tough year for musician losses, man. I think so. I, but I think I almost, in my head, I think it's a good thing. Because <laughs> the world is too fucked. For, yeah, it's fucked. For it amazing is fucked. people to exist. Like, it's better if they're just completely free in yeah. this sphere. Yeah. You don't have to exist in this actual physical world to Yeah, you to don't. Shine, that's honestly. true. Yeah, that's true. That's how I see. Because that's how I see that in general as a release yeah i really do think so yeah i mean embodiment is uh is a real is a real pressure cooker there's a lot on the line it's way mellower to be a fucking blade of grass or um shooting star shooting star that would be cool you can be anywhere you can be with anybody yeah anywhere anytime <laughs> so that's what that's what you think awaits all of us at the end the end of the <laughs> rainbow of life mm-hmm. cool that'd be great it's just endless non-being endless non-being endless dimensions wow that'd be nice eh? <laughs> that would be nice it's a very Taoist thing or maybe Buddhist thing um I got to figure out like a way, like one thing to do to to sign off, to sign off from podcast, like, like an outro, like activity or something like that. Like, what do you think it should be? Like, like, uh, um, well, for you, I want to know what you, what you cooked in the last 24 hours. 24 hours? Yeah. 
Wait. I have very. I have short. What'd you cook last night? What'd you cook last night for dinner? Well, last night was nothing exciting because we ate leftovers. Which was? We, we, we ate leftovers, which was this slow-cooked uh, beef. Uh, what's the... How do you call the part of beef that has all these, like, crunchy and the, like, chewy parts? Tendon? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was a beef tendon stew I made. It was like a French... French citron fusion flavor. Yeah. Mm. Because it had a lot of peppercorns and yeah. spices in it, but slow cooked three hours. Um, Whoa. So what ha- what happens to the like the effect of the peppercorn over three hours? Does it intensify or stay the same or diminish? Like the the or did you use the numbing? It becomes more mellow. It becomes more mellow. Yeah, it becomes more mellow. Yeah. Like I also take it out like with. With the Chinese spices, w- when you cook stew, yeah, you just you cook it in the pot. Yeah. Once it's done, you actually take it out. You take it out because all of that stuff it's so hard to eat. You're right. not supposed to eat them. Yeah. It's there for the flavor. For the flavor. You take them all, especially the peppercorn. Like, yeah. I don't. You know, my family, every Chinese person I know, when you eat the food, you pick it out. So yeah. You don't eat it. Yeah, for sure. Because it's too. It's too much. It's a lot. It covers other flavor. Um, yes, yeah, so we had that. And yesterday, oh, for lunch, I made a sweet taro paste to go on top this pear cake my friend made for oh, me. Oh, mama, that sounds nice. <laughs> that sounds beautiful. Taro mixed with uh, purple yam powder. Right. It's very, like, purple. Yeah, I was just going to ask you. Is that what... Is that like the common thing because when you get like a taro bubble tea for example it tends to be purple right because they add color they they add the color so it's white purple yam okay yeah because taro itself is not it's almost white it has a little bit of like a pink purple touch to it but it's not okay yeah amazing it's (laughs) funny because i feel like we could have a whole other like hour or more probably discussion about food I can't start talking about food. It's <laughs> there's no end. <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna do a cookbook eventually, or what? Is that on the horizon? I'm working on it. Cool, awesome. It's very. I just I'm very bad at logistics and planning. Right. So. Just work on the writing. Just work on the recipes. That's just yeah. Get... Even the even the recipes. Yeah, I, I know. So far, I've only got to the point where. I've put together a bunch of things. Yeah. That I've made that I consider unique. Yeah. Or whatsoever. Yeah. I don't know. I don't believe in recipe. Recipe, it's kind of not, it's against how I cook. Mm-hmm. The idea of it. So, so I think my cookbook would more would be more like a a guidebook. Yeah. A book that's about how you don't have to follow the recipe. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to talk about, really. So it's like a, a sort of meta kind of like philosophy of cooking. Yeah, like an anti-recipe cookbook. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, I look forward to reading that too. Um, 
All right. Well, thanks for chatting. This has been really nice. Thank you.